Don't be ashamed to learn things that you need to know. Here's Sexplanations with Dr. Doe. Sexplanations podcast, episode 11. I'm Lindsay Doe, clinical sexologist and doctor of human sexuality. This is a show where I talk with interesting people about sexual things. And today, that interesting person is Reed Mahalko, joining me from San Francisco, California. <gasps> the crowd goes wild. <gasps> I'm going wild. I am so glad that you're talking with me because I think you're awesome. You teach sex ed on campuses around the country, uh, maybe even internationally, and I don't know that. You run sex camp yeah, for sex, sex, sex geeks. Yeah, sex geek summer camp. Yes, that's incredible. So, so people like you and I can find each other and learn from each other. Yeah, yeah. That's so that's great. a sex geek summer camp. It's a business retreat for sex educators to nerd out on how we can make a living and reach more people and just upgrade, like help each other be better at the thing of helping people. Oh, that's so cool. You're you're such a thoughtful guy. And they don't know this, obviously, but I came to visit you and you made me dinner. I did make you dinner. Do you remember what I made you? I think that it was lamb and squash pasta. Yes, it was. And Very there good. may have been kale. There may there be, sometimes there's kale or yeah. chard. Yeah, uh, it's probably yeah. kale. Maybe it might have been chard. Who knows? But we did. I made you dinner because you were in my home, and it was a f- very very fun time. We had great brain sex and and conversations about life and, yeah. and and things. We did. It was fantastic, and I love your house there. And somehow I didn't offend you because you've invited me now onto your podcast. <laughs> No, you delighted me. Are there other cool things about you that I'm leaving out? I mean, of course there are, but what other big sex things are you into that I haven't told them? Well, I mean, there's a lot of different things, uh, and people are welcome to to go to my website, which is readaboutsex.com, and that's R-E-I-D, aboutsex.com. But I I think um, the main things that people don't know about me, usually, is that I was in a salt and pepper video in the early 90s, so what? yeah, 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 yeah. So so this is my claim to fame, um, or maybe it will just be my legacy. That will be the 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 high point. Is that yes, he was in the Salt and Pepper video, and he did some sex ed. Um, but uh, the None of Your Business video, I was in. Um, I was also uh, on the Daily Show three times uh, in a speedo. So go find that if you can on the internet. It's out there. Um, but other things that that I'm very proud of, uh, I was one of the co-founders of Cuddle Party. So people can go to cuddleparty.com, and that it was a, it still is, a non-sexual touch and affection workshop for people to learn how to have better communication skills, how to make themselves feel safe, to invite other people uh, to explore non-sexual touch and intimacy, which is, is very vital. And those skill sets, now being taught in, in seven or eight countries, maybe nine countries by now, and in different languages... The cuddle party concept, those rules to make yourself feel safe are the same rules to make yourself feel safe and invite people in to explore sexual intimacy and erotic Uh. intimacy. And so for me as a nerd, like all those communication skill sets and how you make yourself and others feel safe and negotiate consent, um, those are all the same skill sets. It's just how do you use them in different situations and, and that's one of the things I'm passionate about. I help teach those kinds of things on college campuses. And for me, um, for people who will internet Google me and, um, and find out more about me, you know, I identify as a queer polyamorous slut. 
And as a cisgendered man, there's this interesting thing of like, you know, how do you be, we don't really have healthy role models for promiscuity in our culture for men or or women. Um, But how do you be a dude and sleep with a lot of people, if that's your thing, and leave the campsite better than you found it? Aww. And, and that I kind of that. impeccable sluttery is not a conversation that's happening out there in culture. And a lot of people on college campuses find those tools very interesting. A lot of men and women who are, you know, post-college, you know, like just, you know, uh, adults with air quotes, because there are a lot of adults out there who could really use some good communication skills. Like all that stuff is the stuff that I'm nerding out on these days. Aw. Well, yeah. So let's talk about, what did you call it? Ethical sluttery? Yeah. Or, or uh, so there's a great book by Dossie Easton and Janet Hardy <clears throat> called The Ethical Slut. Um, and uh, and it was written a, a while ago. I think it's on their third edition. And uh, there's ethical, non, you know, uh, con- ethical, consensual non-monogamy and sluttery. Mm-hmm. And then you know, the thing I like to talk about is, is impeccability around being a slut, um, which is now that you have it ethical and consensual, how do you do it really well? Hmm. Because you can do it consensually and just make a mess um, and leave, you know, carnage and, and triage and, and flaming wreckage in your wake. Uh, and I'm really interested in that, you know, that bumper sticker idea of like how do you leave the campsite better than you found it and those skill sets you can use just in life yeah absolutely okay so before we get into that though each week on sexplanations podcast we take a one question multiple choice test as a kind of shout out to our supporters at patreon.com slash explanations podcast Laura Schuster, Donna Flint, Paul Nixon, the Millers, and Matthew O'Sullivan are some of those amazing sexplanauts. And this week's question. Now it's time to hold our testes. Are women more or less likely to enjoy sex if they've gone to college? A, more likely to enjoy oral sex if they've gone to college. And B, less likely to enjoy oral sex if they've gone to college. So for women who've gone to college... Mm-hmm. Are they more likely to enjoy oral sex or less likely to enjoy oral sex? Correct. Well, having and that ta- includes giving yep. and receiving. Giving and receiving. Ooh. Oh, good goodness. That's funny because in my head I'm just thinking receiving. Why is that? <laughs> like, what does that say about me? Um, You're a giver. <laughs> uh huh. Well, I yeah. Um, compared to people who haven't gone to college, like this is a this is actually yes. a deep yes, question. Yes. 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 Um, So compared to people who haven't gone to college, more likely, I'm going to say more likely. Yay. Am I right? You're right. That was, that was good. Okay. Do we know why? Do we know why that is? Like, are there, are there some, have people studied this? I hope people have. I don't know the whys. My hypothesis is that when you're in a college environment surrounded by more free thinking people detached from your parents. You're learning about masturbation. You're learning about your own anatomy. You're learning about, you know, just language to communicate what you do and don't want. And you have models of healthy sexuality around you, hopefully, that empower you to experience pleasure in more ways. I would, I would to riff off of this, um, I would say that if you put, and this would be interesting, right, because you asked the question, 
in a scenario where people get to leave their air quotes parents or or you know the communities they grew up in so if mm-hmm. you get to if you get to leave town so to speak then the idea being you might have more permission to explore whatever it is you want to explore if we assume that a lot of communities and households uh I'm doing air quotes around households however you grew up uh fostered a certain kind of like non-permission to be sexual to explore the sex that that you want if you got away from home then hopefully you're in a situation where you have more permission to explore so you're trying new things you maybe you're trying more oral sex uh giving and receiving than you would if you were still living at home uh and then in trying and exploring these things you start to by trial and error find things that actually work for you so you arrive at some sort of like ha huh, these are the things that I like whereas yeah. if you were if you are trapped in an environment where you can't explore how would you have enough experience to make mistakes and then have have triumphs to celebrate things and if you can't explore how do you how do you learn to like something i mean i hope people are having sex in their communities even if they don't leave them that they get to trial and error but yeah i agree with you i think that campuses foster an environment of trial and error and curiosity and exploration mm-hmm. yeah let us know what you think in the comments what's interesting to me is that in the 1940s and 50s, when Kinsey was publishing his research on sexual behavior in the human male, he was able to draw a correlation between how much sexual experience a person had before the age of 16 and how likely they were, go- were to go to college after age 17. So he could tell from how many outlets you had, how many, what dreams you were having, et cetera, whether or not you would seek higher education. And the the correlation is actually the opposite of what's happening for women in the question that I asked you earlier, because the fewer outlets a person has, so the more wet dreams that they're going through because they're not masturbating or they're not having sex with partners, the more likely they are to go to college. So the... Where does the wet dreams come into this? If you're if you're having less experience, then you're having more wet dreams. Is that the or uh, yes, that could be a correlation, but that's not necessarily the case. But I'm saying if if you're having more wet dreams and you're having fewer sexual outlets in terms of masturbation and sex with partners, got it. Then you are more likely to go to college. Got it. During that time period. Excellent. That's what his I research see. was showing, is that huh. the, essentially the less sexual you were, the more you sought higher learning. Oh, wow. Whereas for women, what we're finding is when you seek higher learning, then you get a kind of sexuality that's really exciting. Huh. And I know a lot of people who never went to college who have exciting sexual lives <clears throat> and were, <laughs> yeah. were bold boldly uh, exploring themselves. Uh, so I also just want to like throw in the caveat as a nerd, um, you can have a fabulous, thriving, healthy love life and never have to seek out higher education. Um, maybe you are home, homeschooling yourself uh, in, in life and get a master's or your PhD in self-pleasuring and uh, sex explorations. Um, excellent. Well, that's what Kinsey was coming up with is he was saying that if you are that kind of person, if you are more sexual as an adolescent, 
then you are less likely to go to college. So uh, both studies are showing different outcomes, but I think that it, it bodes well for people of, of all interests that you can find pleasure in sexuality regardless of whether or not you go to a, a formal setting for your for your academic and do we know lifestyle. if the, and do we know if the study you know that that kind of study that Kinsey did has that been redone no recently um, no no it's just it's because it is interesting because I am always curious about how things how the world is changing and how like if we're making progress as a as a species even um, towards you know are people more sexually literate than they than they used to be are are people actually having more physical pleasure um, more consensual fun sex out there in the world or you know do we just think we are you know in I'll speak for American culture right do we just think mm-hmm. we are um, or am I living in this little bubble of sex educators and everybody's you know talking about what their favorite thing is to put up their butt. And, you know, <laughs> geeking out over dinner about lube and whatever, whatever you and I talked about over dinner with Allison. Um, like, am I living in this bubble where I have now lost touch with the actual reality of most people in the, on the planet? Like, you know, at what point are we all the, the, the you know, sexplanauts and the sex geeks, are we all, you know, so sexually literate that we're having this book club talking about the nuanced, you know, plot arcs uh, and meanings between the lines of such and such, and then, but the rest of the planet doesn't even know how to, you know, air quote, how to read yet. And that, yeah. those are the things, like, as educators, like, how do we teach people to be sexually literate? Like, how do we teach people to give them the tools to be able to explore their wants, needs, and desires? Tell me. I, I want to know what you think. Well, I mean, I think when, when you and I chatted about, about this podcast, like, it, I think we're riffing off of your, um, you know, like the idea of a yes, no, maybe list. You know, the, yeah, the, yeah, the yeah. will, won't. Well, how did you have it? You had it was the will. Want, will, won't. Yeah. Want, will, won't. Like, that's a great place to start. Like, just as a, as a segue to what, what we're talking about, like, most people never get asked what they want like really like what do you want like slowing sex and intimacy down enough to pause and be like hey where do you want to go right now i think so many people are are so afraid of ruining the moment and then the way that that your fear brain kind of rationalizes things that like if you ruin the moment it's not this moment only you have not you will you will be put on some blacklist of of sex moments and all sexual opportunity gets removed from you forever um, you know, like we fear that if I speak up during a blowjob and ask for something different and I offend you, it's not just that the blowjob will stop, but like all blowjobs will be removed <laughs> from me forever. Um, or at least that, you know, as a penis owner, maybe that's, maybe that's just the penis owner thing. Like the reason, the reason, <laughs> no. yeah. And I'll, I will, I will also speak as, as a cisgendered man who sleeps with penis owners, um, it is endemic that we don't talk about stuff while we're getting blown because, you know, I think if we have reduced it down to one thing, we're afraid we're going to say the wrong thing and all blowjobs will stop forever. Mm-hmm. It's very reductive to say that, but when I talk to other penis owners about this, they're like, yeah, it's kind of like that. Like, I never thought about it like that. I never put words to it, but like, I'll put up with a toothy blowjob rather than ask for 
an adjustment because I'm afraid, like I'm just happy to have my penis in anybody's face. Yeah. Um, I don't want to ruin it. I think that there's a, a third place, a third way of thinking about it, right? It's not that you you continue with the toothy blowjob or that you get no head for the rest of your life. Where Where is that awesome point of negotiation so that you can get the sex that you want without feeling this push from black or white thinking. Yeah, and and that's the I think that's where we start to get our dip our toes into the pool of sexual literacy. Like it's like, "Oh, wait a minute. My feeling about that situation is actually not accurate. That's my fear coming up or society telling you, "Oh, you can't ask for what you want. Like you have to just be happy with what you get." Mm -hmm. And understanding that a lot of people, uh, the other piece too that is really big for me or was really big for my journey was realizing I was like kind of under the surface, like not, not quite subconscious, but I didn't notice I was doing it. I was asking for what I thought the other person would already be a yes to. Um. So I was hedging my bets. I wasn't even asking for what I really wanted. I was asking for what I'd already thought in my head really quickly. I'd done the math and been like, oh, well, maybe they'll be okay with this. And then what what ends up happening is if everybody's doing that, nobody's actually ever really speaking up for their desire. Mm. And sometimes other people are like, no, like I would totally do that. How come you never told me? You've been waiting five years to tell me that you like, you know, me to play with your balls or, you know, you, you want me to go down on you. Like, Oh my goodness, like I I thought you didn't like that, so I never asked. And then there's all this pleasure that sometimes we're missing because there's a sweet spot, there's that third option, there's that overlap, but we never find it because we never actually talk about it. Um, Because people are afraid, people are ashamed, people are worried that if I really speak up for what I want, then you'll leave me. Or at least that's, that's that's been my journey Mm-hmm. Of of one of, you know, kind of turning into a shame nerd for myself. Like walking towards the things that I'm afraid you can't love me for. Mm-hmm. And and again, like that's a really, you know, that's a, uh, you have some courage and bravery and sexual literacy to go in that, in that direction. But the rewards for my life have been huge. And, you know, simple tools... You know, maybe for for all your listeners, you know, they're already, you know, sex geeks and nerds. And they're like, yes, we have the literacy. We can read the, the ancient <laughs> texts. Um, but, you know, f- maybe they're dating somebody or partnered with somebody who, who hasn't had their awakening, their, their you know, sexplanaut awakening yet. And, you know, those tools like those yes, no, maybe lists, um, re- you know, simple worksheets and exercises Watching a video or listening to a podcast together can be the foot in the door to creating the beginnings of that that safe space to feel unsafe, to feel like you can lean into and risk opening up your mouth and actually saying something that maybe you never taught, maybe you never told a partner or a lover or, you know, an anonymous hookup before. Mm -hmm. And that's scary, but that's like turning into being an adult around sexuality. Can you think of an example where you've done that recently? Yeah, you know, I always, like, every year, so this is my thing, and if if people, like, listen to, you know, go on my YouTube channel and stuff like that, there's there's video of me on stage telling these these stories, 
so you know what I'm saying isn't like Reed reveals all for the first time. <laughs> um, but like one of the things that I talk about every once in a while is my you know this kind of goes back to being like a shame nerd. I my birthday party every year I have an orgy. That's I've been doing that for many years now. I have a play party and I invite my friends. Um, to come to my birthday party and my homework for my birthday party is to ask for something I think they can't love me for. Something that I want (sighs) that I fear they will all leave immediately for. Um, And it's usually something sexual uh, for for the play party. Um, Although this this works for non-sexual stuff too. I just happen to be a sex geek so my birthday is usually about sexual things. Um, and I have a fear that people will leave me because of my desires, um, or because of the things I want to, uh, sex explore. Cause sometimes you want to explore something and you don't really desire it. You're just kind of curious. Like sometimes mm-hmm. the reason to try something is the answer literally is I've never done that before, you know? Yeah. And, and that's a perfectly, that's a valid excuse to try something. Like we're human beings. A lot of us are curious you don't have to yearn for something to want to you don't have to yearn for a, a finger up your butt to be like hey put a finger up my butt I've never had a finger up my butt mm-hmm. now there are ways to do that you know you know you know <laughs> that will hedge your bets and not cause pain or discomfort um you know go slow use lube all, all the all the things you have lots of videos on those kinds of awesome <laughs> tips and techniques but the so my birthday is traditionally now my friends show up because they want to hear what I'm going to ask for. And this past year, the thing I asked for was, like, so for me, just taking my pleasure, like just having sex for my own pleasure is very edgy for me. It feels mm-hmm. very selfish, um, especially when I'm sleeping with, um, with women. It feels very sexist and misogynistic for me to just take my pleasure um, and make it all about my penis and uh, and so I told my friends this at my birthday party, and I was like, well, so what I what I want is I want a bunch of you to bend over in a line, and we're all we're gonna insert uh, insertable condoms into you all, and I'm just gonna f- go down the line and just fuck you one after another for my own pleasure. Um, and uh, I'm imagining right now in my head that that this is not the normal podcast interview. <laughs> Um, so if your listeners are like, what is going on? Um, so that was like, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna fuck you all for my pleasure. Who wants to do that? And a bunch of my friends are like, I'll do that. That sounds awesome. I'm like, really? Because I'm all insecure. But then a couple of my other friends are like, you know, we can do better with this. And I'm like, what? (laughs) They're like, we know that you feel like tender around asking for your own pleasure. So while you do that to a couple of us, the rest of us will line up behind you and whisper in your ear how much you deserve your pleasure, how much we love you, and that you are a good man. And I was like, oh boy, that's, that's gonna make me cry. Um, so now the comedy of this situation is me, if you can imagine a bunch of my friends bent over um, and, and currently where I live, there's actually a stage in the living room. So they're bent over mm-hmm. the stage um, while my other friends sit around uh, to watch and to cheer me on. Um, and I'm fucking 
my friends while other people tell me how much they love me and how much I deserve this and how good of a man I am um, and me like trying to fuck my friends while while crying. If you can imagine that, that was my birthday. Oh, it sounds so beautiful. Yeah, and again, like, you you know, nobody has to turn it, like, don't compare yourself. Don't compare your birthday parties to mine. And it's okay, <laughs> it's okay to not be a shame nerd either. Like, this is my particular thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so, again, I just want to reiterate, like, you're not broken if you're not throwing orgies every year. You're not broken if, if you're like, wow, that thing that Reed does, that sounds cool, but that's not my jam. Um... What I think is evolved is if you figure out what works for you and go be that person in the world and surround yourself with people who love you for being you. Like, that's evolved. Yeah. Well, it's beautiful. And I think what I take away from it, at least, is that it's okay to go toward what I'm afraid of in safe and thoughtful ways. And the outcome is usually better than I could have ever imagined, right? It's not just that your friends said, okay, or some of them were like, eh, no thanks this time, and we still love you. But they they pushed you even deeper into what you were insecure about and reassured you in these beautiful and intricate ways. Mm-hmm. And and again, like the, also like the, the idea, so like if you're embarrassed about singing, you could apply mm-hmm. this, you know, like, have a karaoke party for your birthday. Tell your friends that you're worried or ashamed. Like, like I have a lot of shame around how I dance. So, like, I could apply this to do, like, a birthday dance party and, and have us all take dance lessons together and, and go into my shame around not feeling like I don't move well to music. Mm. Like, you, you, like this, uh, this idea of using your vulnerability as a compass... To, to navigate your own self-growth. You know, I just want to reframe it because this isn't, again, like with Cuddle Party, those communication skill sets for Cuddle Party are the same skill sets for having sex. You know, and, and nerding out on shame just because I do it with sex doesn't mean that the same approach, you can't use it for other areas of your life where you feel disempowered or you feel like people can't love you. And getting good at walking through these things and being able to identify them and then surrounding yourself with people who are also courageous and brave and, and into supporting you. And then they kind of catch the, the bug of like, oh my goodness, like I can ask for these things too. Mm. Like that's a kind of community and a kind of living life that most people never get access to because they're so afraid and so trying to fit themselves into the culturally, culturally approved box um, which is really a box that's that's you know taped together by silence. Ooh, that was kind of poignant. Um, yeah. you know, like the packing tape of silence, <laughs> you know, that keeps the box of culture together. Um, and so there's just so much fear out there for for everybody. And I and I get the fear and the trepidation of doing something wrong. Um, but then there's the the fear and trepidation of being wrong. Mm. And I just don't think you're wrong. Like, you're not broken. You're not evil. You're not... I mean, maybe you're weird. I mean, I'm weird. <laughs> I mean, come hang out with the weirdos because we're having way cooler conversations <laughs> yeah, and way much more fun. And we have better sex toys. Um, but, you know, I don't know. I mean, now I feel like I'm babbling. No, no. I was just thinking, how can we get this message out to more people, right? Can We, we only had a just- podcast. 
<laughs> well, could we wire loudspeakers into everyone's home and then just put put Reed on the radio waves and have everyone get these messages again and again all day long? Reed giving you self love, permission to self love. Mm-hmm. Well, and this is again like this is the power of like we have social media. Like you were referencing Kinsey before. Back then, they had you know radio. The, the news, television, um, mm-hmm. and, and books. Like, so those, there are a lot more gatekeepers to those, you know, to get your message out over, you know, to millions and millions of people. But now for your listeners, you know, our, our fans, our friends, our communities, like now you can help spread the word by hitting the share button. Yeah, right. Like, like and that... You know, I don't want to trivialize that. Like, we have the opportunity for people who are listening, like, you have the opportunity to recommend this episode, that podcast, this YouTube channel, like, this book. You get to recommend this stuff to your friends. You get to sit down with them if you really, you know, want to and be like, hey, let's listen to this together. You know, this is the stuff that I'm doing with, with, you know, people who are in relationships and stuff. I'm like, no, like, sit down with your partner and listen to this together. Like, listen to this while you're driving, you know, in the car together or something like that. Because then you don't have to look at each other. You can just stare straight ahead in awkward silence, you know. Mm-hmm. So, so now I'm imagining if somebody's listening to this in the car with their partner, you know, turn to your partner suspiciously and be like, did you, are, are we listening to this because Reed told you to do this? Or is this just coincidence? Um, <laughs> but, like, these are all tools for us to start the conversations, you know, the yes, no, maybe lists and things like that. These are these are tools and techniques to to sit down and start exploring in ways where it's okay to ask questions. It's okay to share. And you're not it's not an automatic agreement to have to do it. And a lot of people don't even have that context in their relationships. They're like, if I share with my partner my fantasy about having a three way, then that means I can never take it back. And we have to have a three way. Mm-hmm. Or if if my part if I listen to my partner tell me about this, then we've crossed the Rubicon and we and we must have a three way. And I would just right. like to let people know that no, you can talk about stuff, and there are many other steps before it actually has to happen. Yeah, no, it's true. It's like the three toads on a lily pad. Have you heard that one? And one decides to jump off. How many toads are left? And it's that there's three that just because you make a decision or just because you decide doesn't mean that you have taken action there or that you're going to take action, but you are investigating the process. Mm, Yeah. So I have a question for you. What if somebody doesn't know what sex they want? Mm. Like it's not even an issue of getting that from another person, but they're not even in tune with their own bodies. And I'm not referring to, to people who are in tune with their own bodies and have recognized that they don't want sex of any kind, but I'm talking about those who just with their own um, lack of language, the limits that culture puts on them, et cetera, they haven't explored the possibilities even through fantasy. Mm-hmm. Well, there's a couple of different ways to look at it. I mean, there's, and there's there's a lot of different ways to look at it. So, so the, the main thing I would say is become curious and, mm. and start investigating. Like, if you're even listening to this podcast, then then you're, you've got, you're in the right boat, so to speak. <laughs> yeah, right? be in our boat. 
so be curious. I think things that are, that are useful for me that I teach in a lot of my workshops and online courses are the, the difference between what turns you on or feels good physically, like sensually, Mm-hmm. And then what feels good or turns you on in your brain, which is what I would talk about as being erotic. So there's the sensual and then there's the er- erotic. And just kind of starting off with those two things because they'll help you kind of look for clues about other things that you might want to explore. So if you haven't had any fantasy exploration yet, maybe look to some erotica you know, go online and Google, you know, best erotica of 2017 or something like that, right? <laughs> and just... And, and, so and, specific. But, like, but again, like, because, again, like, if you just say best erotica, I don't know, like... What yeah, I, no, I love it. You know, because there are things like that, right? Like, you know, start exploring, read some fantasy erotica stuff and just notice, highlight what you're into, like, what sounds interesting, what you're curious about. Be wary of pop culture, because pop culture will often, like, Fifty Shades of Grey might be interesting to your brain, but it also might be really bad role modeling for actually how to do kink. Yeah. Um, it could also just be a really bad movie. Um, and, uh, <laughs> but, like, so, so be aware of pop culture, but look to what you're drawn to, what you're curious about, and, and congratulate yourself for, not, for knowing that you don't know yet. And congratulate yourself. This I'll drop in because I think this is really important. Understand that overachievingness and the concept of what is evolved mm-hmm. is really fucking with people. And, and, they're not, and, and no one's talking about, like, we're talking about it as nerds, but, like, you know, Dr. Phil is not talking about this on his show. Um, so this overachievingness then leads to this weird dynamic of, um, I must be broken if I can't squirt. I must be broken if I can't deep throat. I must be broken because I've never had sex. I must be broken, you know, fill in the blank. Yeah. And that what is evolved is that you're even curious, that you're fostering and exercising your, your courage and bravery muscles and your ability to figure out what you like, what you don't like. That's evolved. If you try, you know, a finger up your butt and you don't like it, you're not broken. What's evolved is that you found something you don't like. <laughs> yeah. But we don't talk about it like that in America. I'll, I'll, I'll speak as, as, a, as somebody who lives in the United States. Like, if you don't like playing with your butt, then you are repressed. Mm. Maybe you just don't like things in your butt. Or maybe mm-hmm. you haven't tried it in a way that really feels good to you. Or... Maybe you just like fantasizing about things in your butt, but in reality, you're like, meh, I don't really like things in my butt, but thinking about it's totally hot. And when I use a vibrator on my clit and, you know, my partner talks about doing things to my butt, that totally gets me off, but I don't actually like things in my butt. That's what evolved is. And just understand that the culturally approved advice around sex is probably bad advice. You know, it's like mm-hmm. you're a bad person for for wanting your own pleasure. You know, you have to please your man or, you know, whatever. Like, shake up the etch-a-sketch of culture around <laughs> around sex and then start a drawing that makes you happy. 
Oh, That's you're my such advice. beautiful metaphors. Thanks. So what I'm taking from it is that if somebody doesn't know what they want, they they get to have fun investigating and knowing what you want is just as valuable and uh, like sexually empowered as knowing what you don't want. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. And then, you know, the black belt move is knowing that like five years from now or five days from now, it might shift. <laughs> yeah. And that's okay, too. Oh, I love it so much. It's so good. What are your thoughts on kegels? <laughs> How about that for a segue? Well, I'm doing them right now. Because, um, <laughs> again, when you hang out with a bunch of nerds, then people start deconstructing everything and arguing because we like debate. I think kegels are important. And I think one thing to understand is that a lot of people don't know the difference between what is feeling harmful and what is kind of an edge. So, like, if some people understand stretching and that, okay, I'm trying to stretch, I'm feeling inflexible, and that if I, if I leap off, off the stairs and try to land in a split... I may attempt, I may actually get to do a split, but I will do harm to myself. So around any sexual exploration, I'm going to say go slow, Mm -hmm. get as much information as you can, like nerd out on things. So some people, I I think kegels are a great thing and you can probably overdo them. Just like drinking Mm -hmm. water is really good for you and... Trying to finish a 55-gallon drum of water in one day could kill you. Like, mm-hmm. hopefully your body won't let you do that. So with kegels, uh, and for people who don't know what kegels are, if you're imagining that you're peeing right now, please do not pee unless you're actually <laughs> on a toilet or in the shower. Um, but if you imagine that you're peeing and then you squeeze the muscles that you would squeeze to stop peeing and then Mm -hmm. release them, and then squeeze them, and then release them. Those are Kegel exercises. And then there's all kinds of nerdy little toys that you can use, um, especially if you have a vulva, uh, to uh, a vagina, to to strengthen your Kegel muscles, or Kegel muscles, and I guess you say potato, I say potato, you say Kegel, I say Kegel. And uh, strengthening those muscles rather than letting them atrophy, I think is a really good thing. And I've Mm -hmm. heard of people who, like, I have been doing kegels nonstop for seven days. And I'm like, I don't, is that a good thing? I don't know. <laughs> I, I question obsessive behaviors. Um, yes. Moderation. Because, yeah, moderation. Every, and, and Mark Twain said everything in moderation, including moderation. Ah, uh, yes. What are your so thoughts I, on kegels? Well, the reason why I bring them up is because every week on Sexplanation's podcast, we do group kegels. It's part of an Adam and Eve sponsorship, so they support us and they um, give this really cool deal to our listeners of 50% off an eligible item and free shipping if the person lives in the U.S. or Canada. And to kind of join in the fun with it, we do do some kegels. Nice. Yeah, you want to do some? I would love to. I mean, do we have like a certain kind of music that is there a certain Kegel soundtrack or like? Well, sometimes we do it to the sound of moans or the sound of a vibrator. But I was thinking to to give a very steady eleven squeezes to it that I would just spell out the sentence "I am a sex geek," and with every letter we'll do a squeeze. <laughs> 
Yes. This is awesome. Yeah? Yes. Yeah. Let's do okay. that. So I'll spell you squeeze. Okay. So so am I am I am I'm releasing when you will you tell me to release or like is it after you say the, the letter I release? Like I'm, I want to do this right. I wanna get it right. Okay. So I'm gonna say the letter I and you're gonna squeeze and then re- release, and then by the time I say A, you're going to squeeze again. Okay, good, release. good. So I got it, I got it. Time. Yeah. These are quick ones. They're not the, you know, hold up the weight above your head for 30 seconds. It's like push up, push up, push up. You know, and, okay. and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to drop into this other idea because I like talking in images. I think Kegel exercises, it's kind of like walking, like getting outside if you can and walking for five or ten minutes a day is just good for your mental health and leaving your home and then walking 300 miles unprepared <laughs> might be problematic. So kegels on a regular basis, just as added an additive thing to your life, I think is actually really good. Even if it's only just because you're paying attention to your pelvis and so many people yeah. have so much shame that they, they don't ever focus any attention on it. Right? They, it's only to go to the bathroom for lots of people. And so I think it's great. What do you think about 11? 11 squeezes. I love that. Is that, that a good idea. number? I love it. I love it. Let's okay, do it. 11. Uh, Let's uh, do it. Uh, uh, uh. <laughs> I'm ready. I'm ready to squeeze. I. A. M. A. Uh-huh. S. E. X, G, I love this. E. I'm gonna re-listen to this part over and over again. <laughs> e. Uh huh. K. Woohoo! Yeah, that's good. I'm guessing that there are people who orgasm from just that exercise alone. I, I have met a few few people like that, and and I have a lot of envy um, because I wish I could do that. Um, and I will also say for penis owners who are trying to figure out ejaculation control, ejaculatory control, that Kegels will help a lot for certain kinds of things. Um, and, uh, and they can email me if they, they want some, me to point them in some other resources and stuff like that. But thank you for that. That was fun. I've never had anybody spell out I am a sex geek while I did Kegel exercises. So this, I think you took, <laughs> you took a cherry of mine today. Yay! AdamandEve.com. Yeah. Put in the promo code SEXPOD and you can get 50% off. And email read and you can learn how to improve your orgasms by doing the same thing. Yeah. That's so good. Yeah. um, I am one of those people who can squeeze an orgasm. And so when we're doing this each week, I have to be really careful to... To get the squeeze that feels good, like I'm, I'm working the muscles, but not the squeeze where I'm having an orgasm and I can't focus for the uh-huh. next 10 minutes. Can, can, <laughs> so. can I ask questions about this? Because I'm, I'm, I'm curious about something. Yeah, go for it. What, how many, like, it's a, like the, the Tootsie Roll commercial, like how many licks does it take to get the center of a Tootsie Roll Tootsie Pop? Like how many-ish, in, you know, like how many squeezes does it take if you're, if you're focusing on the right kind of squeezes to orgasm? Um, I, I think one. One? Because I, yeah, I, um, so for me, I make the distinction between an orgasm that's from clitoral stimulation that's much stronger, much more full body. These are kind of like, this is me doing the physiological components of an orgasm and it 
it just resets me, right? So the way that it happened is I used to do a lot of writing for sex courses and I would be turned on all day and I couldn't focus. And so I would, you know, do I stop and masturbate or have sex or is there a way for me to figure out how to reduce the arousal and move back into the work that I'm doing? And so I just learned that I could do these really intense contractions through squeezing my PC muscles and I could get the the same surge and the you know all the blood would go back into my brain and um, I'd be set to go. Wow, so, that's awesome. Yeah, um, one good squeeze could do it. In the future, I would love to geek out with you on uh, conversations about um, energetic sex, like Kundalini type, Tantra E type moving of sexual energy, because I'm curious uh, where the overlap is for for what you're talking about. And how that that reset is because ener- energetic orgasms, for me, are super pleasurable, but they're very very different than the like muscular release that comes from ejaculation, uh, and and I and that's not something that that, that men talk a lot about uh, in in society. So, yes, yeah, let's do it. I'm cool. all excited about talking about sex all the time. All the time. Thanks for having me on your show. Oh my gosh, thank you for being on my show. Thank you for doing all of the amazing things you do for the world. It's very, very inspiring, and I look forward to seeing you in person soon. Yeah. We're doing this via Skype, but hopefully it sounds great, and hopefully we get to do, like, Sexplanations YouTube. Um, in the same room. With, with Reed, wouldn't that be so fun? That would be super fun. Oh, we'll have to come up with games. All kinds of games. <laughs> games. Okay, I, I'm up for it. Do you have a homework assignment before we go that we should give our audience? Um, I'm going to tell them, uh, well, this is two purpose. So people who want to stay in touch with me, I'm going to say your homework is to learn the inverted Vulcan, um, which is a sex <laughs> geek uh, move, for especially for my Star Trek fans. So the way to do that is go to readaboutsex.com, R-E-I-D, aboutsex.com forward slash Vulcan and that'll that's my newsletter sign up so I can I can be in, in touch with you email wise but uh, when you sign up for it it'll give you a free video that will teach you in, in I think like under three minutes the inverted Vulcan move and uh, and and it will change uh, change your your ideas about the um, Mr. Spock live long and prosper um, you know hand sign the Vulcan greeting uh, forever forever <laughs> <laughs> I love it. And and then you said there is a second part? Uh, no, when they sign up, they'll, they'll get the video for free, and then, then I can they'll get some emails oh. from me, and they can geek out with me more. Um, okay. Yeah. So the first part is to sign up, and the, then the second part is The second part, part is, is that they will learn the, the, the inverted Vulcan, and then they can maybe um, uh, recommend, here's a homework assignment, recommend a f- this podcast to a friend. Aw, thanks, Reed. You're welcome. All of it is great. They're going to be busy for this next week, having a ton of fun and pleasure. <laughs> mm, yeah, thank, and thank you for all that you do and for um, how you share the information in such a fun way um, to make scare, uh, make sex less scary for folks. I appreciate that. Oh, you're welcome. Uh, I want to thank some other people, too. This show was made possible by the generous donations from our listeners, like those of you at patreon.com slash explanationspodcast, our sponsorship from adamandeve.com, the production help of Complexly Cinema Studios and Count Boogie, and Cora and Paro. I'm still learning. Mm-hmm.